as a, I think especially as a woman, it's we are kind of taught to like um, maybe dumb it down a little bit. Like we're all the same. We should just all be friends and like and but our differences make us stronger. This is Vail Media's Now You Know podcast, where local influencers, athletes, teachers, business owners, and so on share their stories. All of them your neighbors, and if you don't know them, now you know. Today, guys, we have Chef Heber and his beautiful wife, Erica Rivera, and they are with um, Chef Heber, the brand or company that's... Uh, and if you if you don't know them, check them out on Instagram right now. Like push pause, <laughs> push pause on on the podcast right now. Go follow them. You're gonna see some beautiful, colorful dishes, and uh, and I am now gonna couple those dishes with a beautiful, colorful story um, of how uh, Heber and his wife came to where they're at today. They now um, serve meals to some of the most influential people here in Utah. And uh, and you're gonna find that 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 uh, their family is just as influential as the people that they are feeding, and um, so welcome to the show, Heber and Erica. Thanks. Thank you, thank here. you. We're so happy to be here. It's it's an honor. Thank you so much, man. Hey, no joke. Like uh, I when you instagram if anything it's done to me it's made me realize how plain my food looks <laughs> we, and, yeah we're doing food shaming for other people that's, <laughs> that's the idea we're like hey look your food looks horrible right <laughs> look at ours um but uh but man you cook beautiful you guys your guys's company cooks beautiful food um healthy food and and we're going to talk about um everything that it entails in terms of the business side even uh the types of food that you guys are cooking um and how that's impacting our community um but i want to kind of start with um we're here in utah and that's what that's what veil media is all about and this podcast now you know is about it um why do you guys love utah let's start with you erica okay well i mean i was born here so i got utah in the blood yep so i yeah i've come from like true pioneer stock like settled pleasant grove and (laughs) i i mean i do have to say though for you uh i don't know anybody who's listening who's like a history buff so my grandfather was a shepherd and he actually started tim paven which he sold to robert redford so like uh, and then which became Sundance. Right. So like, yeah, all that's like, so I feel like Utah is home, but it's also history for me. So it's like, that's cool. Um, it's in and my Robert blood. Robert the man. Yeah, that's right. I mean like his flowy locks still. <laughs> yeah. Even, even, even up there in age, he still has it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. I still like him. I'm like, man, he's a sexy guy. <laughs> so like, uh, I, to me, it's just in my blood. Um, and I grew, I was mostly raised here. There was like a little hiccup of like three years that I wasn't here, but, cool. um, yeah. So to me, it's just in my blood. I was born here, raised here, and I just love the outdoors. And it's kind of like a little bit of the Wild West still, some of it. Beautiful. And that's kind of like who I am, I guess. Awesome. What about you, Heber? Um, well, I'm from Monterey, Mexico. I'm from Monterrey. Mm-hmm. And Monterey, it's very similar to Utah uh, in a way where it's surrounded by mountains. So I came here because... Uh, one of my best friends uh, was getting married uh, up in Idaho. And I took another friend and I told him, hey, let's go to Utah. Uh, let's go to Idaho to the wedding. 
and then we can stay in Utah. We've never been to Utah, so we can go. And so we rented a minivan um, and we started driving from Mexico to Idaho. And it was um, beautiful. It was a great trip. We never made it to the wedding because we never found it. This is like the days before GPS. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, I just printed off some maps before I went left. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but then I, I just fell in love with Utah. Um, Maybe it reminded you of home because of the mountains? Or? Yes. And, and it was just beautiful because um, the scenery. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it also had to do with the way um, people made me feel. They were so nice. Like... We were, I remember once um, we were waiting for the bus and this random lady um, stopped and she was like, hey, do you guys need a ride? Um, and we're like, no, just waiting for the bus. Okay, have a great day. Yeah. Oh, thank you, you too. And, you know, that was it. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because a, a lot of people, when we ask that question, they always bring up the people. Like the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, it, it's cool. I have to say one thing, though, like Heber embodies that a little bit, too. Like he loves helping other people. But I remember when we were first we first started dating, he'd be like, hey, let's cruise around and see if we can like give somebody a ride. And I'd be like, where? <laughs> so it's winter. It's dark. Yeah. And he's going on these dark streets looking for people walking somewhere That's with so bags. Funny. There's always someone <laughs> that you can terrified. help. They see some guy in like a big black jacket <laughs> like, hey, you. Yeah, I know. He's like, he looks good. Let's take him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, which I love that, though. I mean, like because I, I don't know that I would necessarily do that. But he would. No, that's uh, there was one another time that I can remember. Uh, my friend and I uh, got invited to uh, dinner in this restaurant in Salt Lake. And so we got a ride uh, from another friend and he dropped us off in downtown Salt Lake. And then we went to this restaurant and they told us, oh, no, the reservation is in South Jordan. So we're like, how are we going to get to South Jordan? So we're like, okay, let's get a taxi. So we're in the middle of the street trying to get a cab because <laughs> we didn't know the rules. Oh, we yeah, you have know. to call. You have to call the cab in order to get a cab. Because right. so, he's used to, like, big big town Mexico. Like, yeah. anybody will give you a ride. So so <laughs> we, we went to this uh, gas station. And we're like, hey, do you know how do we how can we get to this place? And there was a gas, a guy putting gas in his car, his brand new Mustang. And he's like, hey, I hear you guys are going to South Jordan. I'm going that way. Do you guys need a ride? And we're like, sure. <laughs> and he gave us a ride. We made it to the restaurant. It was great. I mean, people were just. How'd you get home? Um, our friend drove <laughs> us back. Like, hey, <laughs> our friend drove us back. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, That's awesome, man. Um, what about, because uh, this is an interesting take. Um on this question because you guys are in the food space but what about like when you're away from utah is there like a particular place that you like to eat that you can only get in utah or maybe uh we've had one of our guests just mentioned they just love fry sauce that it's at restaurants oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> but uh and and if that's it then then that's what it is but uh food wise what's what's something that that reminds you or you like in utah yeah my god well for right now, so my favorite time of year, about any other time of year, is harvest time. So like, uh, like August ish, 
through September, even now a little bit, the local produce is unmatched. Like peaches is that what's on the menu today? Like peaches every meal. Yeah. Literally, that's all we eat. And I guess we'll get into that a little bit because we're plant based. And so yeah. like that legit is a meal for yeah. people like us. <laughs> but um, so I guess it's not necessarily a dish from any place as much as it is like the local produce. And like it's so good. And we have a lot of local farmers even more now that are being even more conscientious about how they grow. Yeah. And so it's like they're, they're taking it back a little bit and they're like, well, we're going to be more conscientious. We're not going to use these pesticides, things like that. And so I feel so good about it. And I just like it's a, it's a time for my body to just replenish itself. And ah, I love it. So like we're coming off of that and I'm still on like the, the harvest high. Let's call that. And ah I, I love it like boxes of peaches i don't know i don't i don't even know how much we spent on it doesn't even matter because <laughs> totally worth it like it's the only time we eat peaches and now we're on apples uh right now and then it'll kind of like zoom out but that's i yeah. don't know i i am more the gatekeeper of the food that goes into our house i guess and so like i decide what we eat inside the house and heber's most like he's on board with that too but you don't get there's not much about other options it's like what are we having today peaches <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but I, I also love peaches too, so very good. There you go. And are you the same too? Is that your favorite thing about Utah food is harvest time and the fresh produce? Yeah, pretty much because we do a lot of cooking at home. We spend a lot from uh, 80, 90% of our time at home is spent in the kitchen. So um, if we go out to eat, there's um, one restaurant that we usually go a lot. Uh, it's Aubergine. Okay. Which is also started here in Utah. Yeah, and um, they have a very similar story. The guy's an immigrant, and he started a business Beautiful. here. And they're plant-based. And they're plant-based. So, yeah, we love their restaurant. If you haven't tried it, give it a shot because they have um, one of the best bowls that we've tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's good. It's a hearty bowl because I think a lot of times when people hear plant-based, they're like, okay, Rabbit so food. just lettuce. Yeah. And some carrots. I'm like, that's super good, but it's not very filling. So, like, yeah, yeah I mean, there's lots of other options. Anyway, so that's that's another place we like to eat at, yeah. Um, so, so uh, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, 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 I'm juggling with the idea if I should jump around because you guys are keep making me think of uh, some some questions. But um, let me just ask the last question. Is What about a destination spot um, in Utah? Do you guys have, like, a favorite spot in in you tell you guys like to visit um or is it just kind of up in the mountains anywhere amigo so uh well my parents now live in sundance okay. so um my and i grew up there in the in the summers and stuff so we have some family cabins like i said my grandfather shepherded there and he's he and my great-grandfather had homesteaded like all that area that we now think of as like is resorty they even like tried to farm up there yeah and all that stuff and so like i grew up there in the summers and now my parents permanent residence is up there and so Beautiful. that to me is like literally home um and which i didn't technically grow up there always <laughs> i guess but um the summers were spent there and Beautiful. so like Heber knows if I have a rough time, a rough day or anything like that, I'll probably lost in the mountains somewhere just up there. So, like, it, whenever anybody comes, we usually take them up there somewhere because they so live cool. right by Stewart Falls. You can see it from their house and, like, or if they ski or anything like yeah. that. Or, you know, we'll go sledding. My parents can, like, sled out their back door. So, it, like, they'll sled with my dad. He's 75. Awesome. He's still sledding. That's awesome. What, what about you, Heber? I'm a, I'm a city guy, so I love Salt Lake City. Uh, I think he has... Um, something for everybody and and it's very close to park city yeah. so i 
I love Park City too. I think um, um, everything for me it's about the experience. And when we got married, we took our, our some of our pictures up in Park City. Yeah. And again, the the pe- the people there they were so nice. I mean, every yeah. single people would stop yeah, their cars stop and be like, "Congrats car. on your wedding!" Yeah. <laughs> So so yeah, it was. We're used to like everybody else is getting married down in Salt Lake. I guess I don't know. It was <laughs> an amazing experience. Up there. <laughs> yeah, it was an amazing experience. So, so yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. I think. Um, well, I, what was the name of the restaurant, real quick, that you went to? I'm gonna go check that out. Aubergine. It's A U B E R G I N E. They have everybody. one here. It's like right across the way. They cool. have one here, and then Orem too, and I think there's a couple more. Cool. Well, let's take a quick snapshot of where you guys are at today. So you guys, uh, as you mentioned, you guys are plant-based or have a plant-based diet, right? Yeah. And um, I want to get into that that decision to to do that and and all the health benefits. Uh, I myself uh, am lacking on the plant, so I am (laughs) definitely someone who needs to be educated, as I think a a lot of people, right? Um, and, and so uh, this is going to be educational, uh, informative, and um, and for the people. Um, <laughs> and we're still learning too. So I mean, it's like that's what it's all. Hey, about. well, well, I let me let me personally recommend these guys as as great teachers <laughs> for all the listeners. Uh, like I said, if you haven't, if you didn't do it already, pause the podcast. Uh, go follow Chef Heber um, on uh, Instagram, and then do you have a? No, I mean okay. I have I post like once every fifty years, so cool. <laughs> not really. This is gonna and I I love that your guys is um your guys business. You guys uh you guys love you guys involve your children a lot in your uh on the content that you guys push out. It's uh it's it's for the family. You guys seem very family oriented. Well, I guess I should mention we do have a family handle that's Modern Hippie. Okay. So, and that's like a kind of our where all of our family is together. So that's like recipes and stuff that we do. Then, then we need to be there also. <laughs> so uh, l- let's let's all let's make that plug and everyone head over to Modern Hippie, also. But let's let's now rewind uh, to your guys' journey. And I love having the both of you here because uh, you guys eventually will will your your paths will cross. <laughs> but before that, um, let's talk about. First, go tell us where you're from, and then uh, tell us about the kind of kid that you were growing up. Um, and we'll start, ladies first. Er, okay, yeah, let's right go. on. Okay, so I was born in Riverton, Utah, eight four zero six five. So holla to the eight four zero six five. Yeah. And I grew silver, up there. Silver wolves. Silver wolves. That's right. Class of two thousand seven. <laughs> so most of my family actually, most of my siblings actually went to Bingham because Riverton didn't exist then. My parents had built out there in like nineteen seventy in Riverton on like a giant acre lot. So that's where I mostly grew up, like playing in the ditch water. And I probably drank some. Maybe that's why I'm who I am today. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, so, and we had horses. I'm not like a 4-H type of person necessarily, but uh, I grew up around animals and just outside all the time. And Heber can attest to that. Like I am outside at least probably like two to three hours a day with Beautiful. our kids too. Like even in the winter, it's like, you know, you're dying and you're outside. Um, 
so I just grew up. I, I just I feel like it just all is outside or reading, yeah, like, stuff like that. And um, was food a big part of your world growing up? No, or? not at all. In fact, I really Heber taught me how to cook. This is no this is no disservice to my mother who definitely tried to get me to learn some stuff. <laughs> but I was just like, it's just a waste of time, and it's way more fun to be outside doing something fun or like hiking or running. I did a lot of running too, like ran some marathons and an ultra, and like. Uh, yeah, the kitchen was never a thing. It was just like flu- flu- fuel to go in my body. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, when I met Heber, all of a sudden I was like, it's actually really fun. And I just loved watching him cook because I was just like, he just doesn't. I It sounds so cliche. I was like, he's a god in the kitchen. That sounds so dumb. <laughs> but, ah, that's, that's how I felt like just watching him because I was like, he just, it's so beautiful how he cooks. Right on. Yeah. Right on. And what about you, Heber? Where are you from? So I grew up in Monterrey, Mexico. Monterrey. Yep. And uh, <laughs> every time, Monterrey. <laughs> Monterrey, and um, I I grew up in a house where uh, my mom had to cook a lot. No, my mom had to work a lot, so we had to learn how to cook at home. But when she was cooking during the weekends, uh, she was very um, healthy. Um, yeah, she would like make her own tortilla chips. Yeah, so so that led me to ha- have a huge interest in in the culinary world. Well, and your mom would make stuff and sell it too, like she did all of yes. like business minded. Yeah, so my um, my life as an entrepreneur started when I was very young. I was <laughs> about ten years old, and my mom would make cheesecakes. And my brother and my dad would go out and sell them. And I would tell them, hey, can I have one? Can I go sell one too? And they were like, no, no, you're too young. No, 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 you don't know what you're doing. So I would go to my mom and like, hey, can, can I just have some for, for myself? I can, I can do it too. And then I remember she gave me uh, five cheesecakes and I took them and I went out and sold them all within the hour. And there I went go. back and I was like, hey, I want more. And went back and sold them all again. And I loved it. And, you know, I didn't make any money. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the practice but was the there. But the practice, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Well, but you have that in you because I, when I was younger, I would do, I did like one lemonade stand and I didn't even know how to make change for people. I was like, he gave me a 20. Thanks so much. Like, <laughs> so great. I'll just keep this. I told you it was $2. Yeah, more, right. Yeah, I was like, that's fine. And, but I also, like, I would do that so that I could have, like, some money, but I had no concept of, like, business. And I always feel bad if people were spending their money, like, not realizing that people are choosing to spend their money. But I was like, they're doing it for me just because I look pathetic. (laughs) Like, so much about me that wasn't there. And so, like, that was something that I loved about Heber because it was so opposite of me. And a year later, um, when I I was about 11 years old, uh, my dad lost his job. And so my brother and myself started doing some um, packing at supermarket superstores. Oh yeah, they would bag it. They would bag. Uh, we'll be like the the, yeah. the bagging guy, and we we were doing that as full time, so f- uh, forty um, fifty hours a week. After school, uh, we would finish school around twelve thirty. And we would go to the store at 2 p.m. and finish at 10. So it was an eight-hour shift. We'd finish um, with the store, go back, do some homework for about one or two hours, go to bed about midnight, 
and then start over again. So I was always working and started working at 11 years old. Um, in Mexico at the time, they only allow you to do that type of work until 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So I did it for like four years. And then at 14, I, I went from there to start working in restaurants. Um, because the same thing, I had to pay for my schooling. Um, there's not such a thing as, as free school. So I had to pay for my schooling, had to pay for my books, had to pay for everything. So at 14 years old, I was working at restaurants. During the summertime, my friends were going to uh, summer camps or summer vacations. And I was just uh, working doubles in restaurants. And that's how I got a lot of experience very young. Was uh, was food a big part of uh, culture growing up, or uh... yeah, food food was um, everything. Uh, for me growing up, um, my grandmother was a chef, okay. so my mother was always in the kitchen when she wasn't working. Was always in the kitchen, and we, uh, we grew up in in a small house, so it was your room basically next to the kitchen. So there was always something uh, going on in the kitchen. And when we wanted to have a snack or something, instead of going to the store, my mom would make it for us. And, you know, some people would see like us, ah, oh, you didn't have the, the experience of, of the real chip. And I was like, no, I did because it was homemade. She would make it for us. And it, it, was, it helped me to develop that uh, flavor um, profile. I'm glad you brought that up because like, Sometimes, like, the home cooking gets discounted. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know what I mean? I feel like 90s and into the 2000s, right? Like, preservative food was, like, that became the new norm. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Hot Pockets was, like, part of your nutrition. Yeah, they were like, this food goes bad so fast. Like, it goes bad in a week <laughs> or something. I was something. like, I don't, I don't eat that because it molds too fast. <laughs> eat, like, yeah. Why would you do that? That's gross. Right, you know? yeah. But, like, I'm glad that there's kind of this resurgence of just awareness behind um, you mean what we're putting into our bodies and, yeah. and you know what I mean kind of that like now now it's cool again to cook at home right yeah. and it's cool to and it, it it's so much there's so many benefits behind that and, and you guys uh, are a testament and an example of that um, but back to your story how do you guys meet so Mexico Riverton Utah yeah where yeah. where 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 do where do paths meet well so we had um let's see uh well in that interim like my i had graduated college I, or sorry yeah graduated college from utah state go aggies Wood, <laughs> and then i decided uh that i was still trying to like escape real life and i was like what can i do so then i then i served a mission and i was in chile and then i got back and my parents had moved from riverton up to sundance so they built their house and lived okay. there and so i moved in with them in 2013 and 2013 and um then i uh, was just applying for grad school at byu and i w didn't have any friends down there really because a lot of my friends had gone elsewhere and i didn't grow up down in utah valley area so uh i was just going to like all activities of anything that i could ever find yeah. and so then we met at an activity just a church activity 
for they called it 25 or better but i feel like there was some like shaming that you're over 25 anymore <laughs> it was like nursery for old people that were still <laughs> single i'm not really sure exactly the idea there <laughs> anyway so i was there because i didn't have anything else to do so i was like go to every i would just like ski during the day and then go to an activity and i was there too yeah, but Heber had I, – I literally, like, I am not surprised that I was at that activity because I went to every activity. But Heber had stopped going because he was like, I'm not going to meet any girls. I don't know. Uh, but I had a friend who told me, hey, let's go to this activity. It's a New Year's dance. And I was like, bro, they don't dance. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing that I always um, – didn't like you know you go to a dance and you're supposed to dance <laughs> move, move your hips and, uh, but they didn't you know so i was like no i'm not i'm not going thank you and then uh, an hour later he was like dude come on let's go he texted me i'm like no i'm okay thanks and he was very very insistent insistent yeah until i said fine i'll come whatever i'll be there for about an hour and then we can go yeah okay cool let's go so we went, and that was the night when I met Erica. There you go. So, guys, it works. But it's because Heber was like, oh, my gosh, she speaks Spanish. So I have to say there was a small blip where in when I was growing up that I lived in El Salvador for a couple of years. So I've spoken Spanish since I was, like, 13. And uh, I think I was, like, and so I had also spoken Spanish in Chile. Anyway, I was talking to somebody in Spanish that, like, was trying to practice their Spanish or something. And he were overheard. And I swear it's like a Latino guy thing or something. They were like, oh, I can take her to my mom. You know, like, <laughs> she can meet my mom. <laughs> anyway, so That's he so were, like, funny. comes over. He's like, hey, I heard you speaking Spanish. And I was like, mm-hmm. Who are you? <laughs> But yeah. then Heber told the me tactic, that. The yeah, tactic. Yeah, the tactic. And I was like, come on, The man. tactic was, hey, so many times. I don't have my phone. Write down my number and call it me. It was so lame, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah. it worked. Well, but Heber, though, let me tell you why it worked, though. So Heber told me he was a cook. And I was like, okay, cook equals McDonald's, right? Like that. If he would have said, like, chef, you think, like, oh, nice, like, we got a tablecloth on the table. But, like, he said cook, and so immediately I was like, McDonald's ain't going nowhere, buddy. Like, I'm getting my <laughs> master's degree. I'm so awesome. And so, and then, yeah, he didn't have his phone on him. I had my mom's phone because I still hadn't gotten a phone, like, coming home from Chile. And so I got his phone number, and... I was mad at myself for doing this, but I texted you and I was like, chivalry is dead. And I was so <laughs> mad about it. And anyway, I texted him and she then he texted would text me and then, the and I was like, this is, is dumb. History. I was still, yeah. And then we, and that was like in January. And then we went on our first date, I think it was like February 5th or something. And we went dancing and I was like, I mean, he's okay. I think it was, I was kind of like interested in somebody else at the time. And then he called me after and he were mentioned this to you before when we were talking Will that. He is like, when he sees something he wants, he really goes for it. And he's like very focused on that thing. And that happened to me, be me at this time. <laughs> and so like he, uh, then he called me a couple days after that. And he was like, hey, he asked me out for Valentine's. And I have legit never been on a Valentine's day up to this point, right? I'm 25 and I had avoided it like the plague. I'd even had boyfriends over Valentine's day and had, would like refuse to go out with them on the 14th. But, and I, but I did, had nothing else to do. And I was like, I can't even there. I just like, and it was again, that thing, like the same reason I texted him, the same thing that I said, yes. But I don't know here's what it the was. trick. I here's the trick guys. Um, I never mentioned it was Valentine's day. I no, never mentioned I it was a Valentine's day. It was. <laughs> it was a Friday. So I said, Hey, 
What are you doing Friday? Oh, nothing. Yeah, and I look up the calendar. It's like, bah, <laughs> you want to go on a date? Yeah. Funny. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah, but I was like freaking out back here. And I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> and anyway, and I almost canceled on you because I had another friend that was like, hey, let's go backpacking that weekend. But I was like, no, I feel bad. Like that commitment thing after right, being right, a missionary, right. you know. Anyway. So, um, yeah, we went out and it would like something changed that night. It's so funny, right? How it's kind of like inside you really know something's happening. And, um, yeah, so we went and like legit, this is the process in my mind that I was just like, his, I love his hips. Like he was so good (laughs) at dancing. (laughs) And so I know was just like, oh my gosh. And I'm not that good at dancing. I enjoy dancing and like having lived in uh, Central America for a couple of years and stuff like I enjoy it. But I like I think too much. Hebrew will tell you like he's like you're thinking too much because then I just like kind of stop. I like become a robot on the dance floor. <laughs> robot salsa doesn't work. So <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So and then after that, that was like in that was in February. We got engaged two months later in April and then we we're married in August. Bam. And then. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like no missing around. No, that's right. Yeah, I think my family is still kind of trying to catch up. They're like, wait, so you guys, you guys are married, right? And it's like six (laughs) years in. Yeah, it was fast. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, uh, so I want to unpack a couple principles that you guys talked about. Yeah. Um, the the first one being focus. I like, I like that that you bring that up. And we're gonna actually cover another story that you guys politely shared with me. I'm gonna (laughs) ask you guys to repeat it again. But um, but focusing. Uh, you mean in this case, Heber on you mean had his eye on the prize and, and what, <laughs> what she wanted and, and uh, your beautiful wife and then commitment and I, and I think I'm I'm guessing kind of from the pattern of our conversation prior to when we started recording to now I feel like those are going to be some uh, probably some reoccurring uh, principles that that we'll end up talking about. Um, so you guys get married. You're you just mentioned you're six years into into marriage right yeah yeah beautiful how many how many kids two kids two kids and um the you guys so the 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 brand and company is chef heber um talk about um what the business is today and then we'll talk about how it started so what what is chef heber for those who are just like okay let me go check out this instagram page and see these beautiful pictures so chef heber is a brand uh that focuses on healthy eating helping people uh eat cleaner, uh, healthier, uh, and specifically more plants. doesn't matter what diet you follow. Everybody agrees that plants are good for your body, especially right now uh, that we have to boost our immune system um, to help battle all the viruses that are out. Um, your immune system is the best pharmacy. That's what we know. That's what we believe. That's uh, the research that we've done. And we want to help people um, increase or boost their immune system through food. So we, uh, as a chef, um, the best way that I could do to help people eat better, uh, it was through uh, meal prep, basically. So we do meal prep. And we also do private chefing and caterings. That's awesome. Um, now, th- I'm going to provide a little bit more context, and, and we will cover it also when, when we kind of go back to how the idea started. But you're, this is, we're talking legit. Uh, I'm going to make up a word. We're talking about legit chefery here, right? <laughs> like, this, is a, this isn't no, like, just add water and throw it in the microwave. <laughs> Like uh, this is real, real foods, 
like in uh and I love the idea of coupling it with meal prep as that's uh, maybe one of the bigger battles that I think everyone who uh, is on this journey of life and trying to be healthy, everyone like will try to do meal prep and they'll end up making a week's worth of food and eat Mondays and then throw away the rest the next week because you didn't yeah, eat Yeah, and they're it. like, man, I just want a burger. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so I do, I do want to say that and we'll kind of cover that. Um right now so how did how did the idea come up um to start this this business of doing meal prep and then private gigs also well i think to be to be fair heber has always like even since you were little you always wanted to have like a hotel like and and then always there was always that like that focus of wanting to be his own boss and so like we got married and he was chefing around in utah county had made menus for like the the top restaurants here and had worked at most of them and um i think it was just kind of like he's always just wanted to be his own boss um and like we had talked about it so much and i guess in my mind it was like it's gonna happen someday like the old someday shelf that just gets really dusty over there <laughs> and then uh at one point he transitioned actually to healthcare, so he was in at ihc well i guess you could tell this part of the story but you were at ihc and i'll let you go so i i was working um i was in charge of system level to of the cafeterias or restaurants that the healthcare group has and what happened is one of the projects that I took over was to redesign the salad bar of one of the cafes. So we wanted to do it um, healthier. We wanted to do it sexier. And we wanted to do it tastier. Um, so the whole, pr the whole project from when we started to when we finished, um, it completely we completely changed the whole menu of the salad bar everything was fresh everything was from scratch uh everything was um healthier 100 percent so um what we did at the end of the project is that we looked at the cells from before and after and to our surprise the cells increased 800 percent um so that proved to me that people are willing to eat healthier, are willing to eat more plants as long as they uh, are presentable and as long as they taste delicious. You know, so I saw that opportunity, especially working in hospitals where most of the people were sick because of an illness that's related to habits and to the way we eat. So I was like, how can I help these people? And so after we did, I was like, I gotta do something. And so that's how we started um, the business. Yeah, Heber had just kind of gotten to a point that he was just so, it was, so there was, there was pushback about doing healthy things, I think too, from people. And that's just how it is when you're making decisions with teams too. Um, and he saw that he could do so much himself. Um, from that point of view and like how much we'd researched because we went plant-based we decided to try plant being plant-based the month after we got married so august 2014 i guess it would have been september 2014 
And we just like the, the real reason that we started to do it was because we just saw a lot of our friends become really unhealthy after yeah. getting married. Like it's like you look good when you got married and then you're like, sweet, let's stop doing anything healthy. You know, we're like, I'm just really glad this is a podcast where it's not a video because <laughs> I would be in that group that you're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I met you <laughs> today. If it was a video, so uh, let me let me attest. You guys are great looking people, healthy. <laughs> you have the health glow. In a, and a selfish reasoning for me having you here is, is to sideways learn, right? <laughs> to, to, so I mean, it's hidden underneath an interview, but I am also here to, to learn from you. So, But I, I totally agree with so, you. So, yeah, we decided to be our own guinea pigs because, like, Heber, I had never, ever considered plant-based, to be honest, because I was so worried about getting enough protein because that's kind of what everything gets pushed at you. Like, yeah. you have to get enough protein or you're going to die. And so... Um, Heber had tried a little bit of a plant-based diet with his mom to help her get off some medications because he was like, she's on so many meds and they just keep giving her more for heart disease and stuff like that. And then finally he tried, he found, he researched and found ways that you could literally reverse heart disease by going on a plant-based diet. This is a real thing. It's legit. Yeah, this is a real There's thing. There's like so much science. Yes. I, 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 I'm really glad that you guys brought this up because... This is a real thing, and I, I don't know why it's not more common knowledge, yeah. right? Like, but and and maybe it's a societal culture that's been developed over decades and decades of of whatever. Uh, but like, and and I don't know, and and it's funny because like when you when you think about it, like objectively, you're like, well, it makes sense. Like we've been here for forever long, and we've never, you know, what I mean, had this many pills. Like pills yes. didn't, weren't even a thing not too long ago, right? right? And so we've always had to rely on the natural foods that the earth provides. And so I'm uh, I'm so glad that you brought that yeah. up. It's fascinating. And so, like, I mean, as we go, and that's why our channel with our family is called Modern Hippie. We just become more and more hippie, like, as we go. <laughs> so we started plant-based, and then we're like, and then all these things we put on our body and that are in our house and, like, just all these things that immediately get a job done but on the back end they're killing us you yeah. know or they're just they're not helping us grow they're not helping us thrive in our lives so anyway we decided to go plant-based in august, in september i guess of 2015 2014 excuse me and we were like well, let's just give it like two weeks we had to eat the dublin air cheese we had and like some really nice pork that was like eighty thousand dollars a pound and then we got that out of the of the fridge and then uh, we just went for it. And so there, in like plant-based world is kind of like Christianity. There's lots of different religions and lots <laughs> of different creeds. And so we follow more like what you call like whole food plant-based. So and uh, we're even leaning to, to more like living in raw foods now, too, um, as we get further into it. But uh, so we don't use oil and we don't use like processed sugar so we do our best to if we're sweetening anything to do it with like dates or fruits or things like that and then oil you really it's it's like the sugar of the fat world you don't really need it um you can there's pots and pans that you can use that don't stick um the and or you can use a little bit of water in cooking things like that so and i think the challenge or the opportunity that we saw is that yes people agree that um they can get better and healthier if they eat more plants. But how am I going to cook only lettuce or what am I going to eat? Like carrot sticks are not going to fill me up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's... Well, and this is a real thing. Like, I, I, I remember having this conversation with my brother and he, he was telling me, he's like, dude, uh, and, and, uh, and he's like uh, a lot healthier than me. But like, <laughs> and he was, he was telling me, he was like... Um, if I have like a really unhealthy cheeseburger 
or a healthy salad in front of me or or, a, or not even a salad, just a healthy meal, right? Um, I will always choose that. If they're both in front of me, I'll always choose the healthy one. He's like, but the thing is, I just don't know. Like, I never have that in front of me. It's like, I don't know, like, a convenient place to get that. I don't know how to create, like, something yeah. Yeah. Uh, tasty. So I think your your model speaks to yeah. me, my brother and, and myself. right? Access to that type of food yeah. is very limited. But access to unhealthy food is very um, convenient. Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere. So that's the reason why we decided to do something that we could cater for everybody but even if you're eating even if the meals that we're offering on the menu that have uh, meat 80 percent of the of the meal itself is going to be plant and it's going to be healthier so um it's just it's just a win-win situation yeah um and how long after did you guys got married did you decide to start the business so that was about four years after. So we uh, got married, and then about a year—I want to say a year and a half—after we had our first child, and then it was within. Then you switched to healthcare, and then yeah. So it would have been about four years, I want to say. Yeah. So because we've been in business about two years now. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Um, here, here's a, a question, kind of more practically on the food side. Um, but you mentioned, um, Heber, that at the hospital, you got, when you switched things up, you were it was still a salad bar, right? But you mentioned that things weren't as tasty, right? And I feel like that speaks to me, right? Because I'm like, I am that guy. I'm like, so I just got to eat lettuce all day? Like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have a taste. It sounds like, horrible. Yeah. Um, why? What is your tip or what do I need to be eating? Or why am I only, why do I only think of stuff that... Sounds horrible, right? Yeah. Because I believe it. When I see your guys' posts, I'm just like, and I'd eat that yeah. all day, every day, yeah. even if that was available. But is it resources or is it know-how? Or So one of my pet peeves uh, for people that were going to the salad bar is that they would grab all the lettuce and all the vegetables and everything, and then they would put ounces and ounces of ounces of ranch on, on top mm-hmm. of there. So they're just eating Fruit. ranch, like yeah, crunchy ranch. Basically. <laughs> uh, so I was like, ah, oh, you just killed it. You killed a beautiful salad with all the vitamins, nutrients, and everything, and you just cover it with fat. Yeah. Um, so another thing that we did was developing sauces that were healthier, dressings that were healthier, and everything was... Um, nut base so we use cashew base we use walnuts uh, we use pecans uh, to create these sauces that we're gonna have a uh, zero cholesterol uh, but they were gonna be packed with vitamins and minerals that would come and protein that would come from the nuts well and I think part of it too is like we're actually kind of simple as humans we think we're so complex and we make these really complex like food systems and all this stuff but really what do we want we like we want sweet and fat and salty and like sweet and like fresh you know so we don't have a super crazy flavor profile necessarily and so part of that is we want to get with our foods is that like sometimes uh you know like in winter time you want to eat heartier meals we typically put on a little bit more weight like a, a pound or two because that's that helps insulate our body during that time of the year. But then in the you know like in the summertime, you want lots more water, like literally watermelon all the time. I will right. eat one 
myself in a day, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. And your body will tell you. But I think part of that is this disconnection that we have from our body of like, what do you really want, baby? You know, like, yeah. hey, dear, what do you actually want? And because we, we're just so used to like, well, we got to eat this. We got to eat this. And like just kind of listening and being intuitive, I think, is something that we're we're learning too, like reconnecting. But if I can share a, a tip or a secret, yeah, I was just going to ask that. That would be the secret is in the sauce. Because if you have, um, uh, in the in the culinary world as a chef, if you have a meat, a piece of ribeye that is unseasoned, you will always have a good sauce to cover um, the the unseasoning of the of the meat. So it is the same with plants. If you have uh, a piece of lettuce or quinoa or a vegetable or something else. Um, but you have a really good sauce or dressing, then it's going to be easier for you to like that meal than not. But I think also to your point, like everything will work together. So like if you want a cup of ranch, just drink a cup of ranch, you know, like <laughs> don't, don't, don't be mean to myself. So I think part of it is like noticing that everything kind of plays together because there are some like subtle nuances in spinach and stuff that it can actually be really good in a dish. But, like, making sure you have the mix and stuff like that. And, like, the salty and, like, the heavy of a sauce can be really good, too. And also condiments. I would always tell people, just just play around with condiments. Just give it a try. And um, ditch the salt for a little bit. So you can develop that palate. So you can know what a paprika tastes like. So you can know what um, cumin tastes yeah, like. Mm-hmm. So all of those new flavors... And then you can buy uh, fresh rosemary or fresh thyme or fresh dill and put them in your meal, put them in your salad or put them uh, in your quinoa. And then you're going to start developing these new flavors. Um, that It's very fun when, when you start playing around with all of those uh, foods. Well, because all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I have these flavors in my mouth and I've never noticed them before. Like yeah. you're eating something, you're like, that one, that's kind of new. Like it's, yeah, it's well, crazy. Well, let's let's talk about that what is that what does that mean because and i'm gonna like reveal how like uh ordinarily preservatively my diet is probably but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but um but you you talk about like developing that palate mm-hmm. um i'm gonna pretend like this is for one of my listeners but this is for me <laughs> what, what does that mean exactly like i feel like in theory i can kind of piece it together but like is that like a real thing like if i stop eating as much salt and this happens over time or so like i well i I guess you can answer i just want to say really with that like mexican food for instance usually you think of like chili spicy things like that so heaver is very interesting he will put spicy on things but he doesn't like a typical mexican would because it does dull your sense of taste a little bit so uh in like not like cayenne on everything yeah and so that is part of it like uh, playing with certain spices he's very sensitive to how his tongue is with things so he will put some uh cayenne on there but like it is it's a legit thing like how our tongue reacts to it. it's crazy this is mind-blowing to me <laughs> i feel like again one of the this is a side note from me one of the side benefits of like meeting all these cool people you guys included you learn things like that you didn't like but it just makes sense right while this yeah. is new information to me i, sh- I should have put it together anyways right like that you can develop your tongue just like i can develop uh, my a bicep muscle, or yeah. whatever, you know yeah, what I mean? Or my crazy. brain or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I love that. You can, uh, and it just, 
duh. Like, you know yeah. mean? Like, when you tell it to me, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm a dummy. Um, <laughs> no, not even. But, well, because uh, we're just, like, given things, like, prepackaged, right? Like, yeah. Hot Pockets, like, it's, like, cheesy. Yeah. Done. I don't need to taste any other taste in there. Which is crazy, because then, as now as an adult, like, when I'm trying to, like, be healthier than you eat, you know, my man, this doesn't taste nothing like that fake cheese that I was eating, like, you know, when you mm-hmm. eat real cheese, you're like, oh. Yeah, so I mean, like, even small things like that, you do notice it. Like, we just aren't trained to do it, right? It's just like, that's just like that. The tongue is what pushes it back in my throat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up, that that, um, developing your... Did you have anything else on that? I interrupted you, though. Well, growing up up as a kid, we have certain program that's been run on us. And that program includes um, your eating habits, and your um, the seasonings that that um, you've been you've been eating, and so imagine you've been eating something for the past 20, 30 years. So you've been programmed to know those flavors. So you need to unprogram uh, yourself, and so you can recreate yourself with new flavors. And and then you grow as an individual uh, because now you know something that's outside of this little box that you used to know. Well, I think I love the I love the quote that some someone says that like discomfort is the pathway to like the, the your dreams, right? And I think part of that is sometimes you'll try things that you literally hate, but that's okay because you're at least trying something else. Yeah. And it's something new. And down the road you might not hate it actually because our palate does change. Like as a little girl I hated tomatoes. I don't know why. I just didn't like them. And then when I was 5 I was like, I guess I like them. Or like my niece who decided when she was 20 that she liked bananas. She just, just, I don't know what changes. But I think part of it is like being willing to have the discomfort of even not liking something or buying a dish that you hate. And it was like, well, there was 10 bucks, but I guess I know I don't like that. Yeah. So I guess that's part of it. Just finding value even in what may seem at the moment like. Well, yeah, like thing, it's right? not a waste, right? Yeah. Like you tried that. Now you know you hate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like it just is further developing you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Um, I think uh, here, here's my question for, and, and this is another tip question, right? Mm-hmm. For for someone who, uh, I'll speak on behalf of everyone who's like, too embarrassed to say that they need to get right, but you know what I mean? They need to get right in terms of health and, and eating healthy. Like, what's one of the most common mistakes that you feel like, man, if you just did this one thing, that would be a huge step in the right direction it's not obviously going to get you to where you need to be but just you mean adding this or cutting that out or or whatever um as uh you mean as food professionals and business owners um in in this space what what would you what would your tip or recommendation be to someone who's essentially starting from ground zero even in terms of knowledge right like because because i feel like there's probably a lot of people who Maybe through that hot pocket example of the cheeses, mm-hmm. right? They're like, "Oh, wow! I never noticed, but they do taste different." Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? When when I grate the cheese, or when you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I eat the cheese in the hot pocket. Like it, now that I'm now that they're saying it, it, it does taste different. Um, to that person, what's your tip to them that would just kind of excel them quickly? Uh, not obviously far away from where they need to be, but like, look, just do this one thing, and you'll probably see a huge difference well i think even in something that we do with our kids is just like building a a, um, a meal around vegetables because that is the that's that's the basis of anything that we ever have 
I mean, for instance, we were talking about protein. It's like everyone is always like, well, where do you get your protein? Things like that. Well, what do we mostly eat? Chicken, um, fish, and like beef. And where do they get their protein plants? Always. It's not like they're eating some other thing, right? Like, unless someone's eating a tiger, let me know. But yeah. I mean, like for the most part, like the biggest beasts that we have that we're eating are also eating plants. And so like amino acids are all contained in these plants and our bodies know how to build them. Our bodies are genius. It's amazing. And so I would say just build if you as much as you can build around vegetables, like have a base of vegetables, just like whatever you're eating, just like put it on top of some spinach, whatever you are. And you can mix the sauce in. you can do anything like that. But your body will thank you. You will feel a lot different. You will have more water in your system to help wash out whatever you've been holding on to. And so I, that's what we do, at least, is like building anything we can around these vegetables, which are the building blocks literally of our world. I like what Tony Robbins says, that everything that we do in our lives is a reflection of the rituals that we have. And rituals can be your habits, right? So doing very simple things that are outside of the habit that you might have, um, it will increase your chances to succeed in that specific um, goal that you have. So if I want to eat healthier, uh, we've always heard um, meatless Monday. So we can go just with that. That sounds very um, cliche. Or very, yeah. uh, but it, it actually works. If you just um, use one day of the week to eat something completely different, to try something new, you're going to start developing that habit. Well, and I think to habit. that point, too, it, like, it totally depends on your vibe about it. Like, if you're curious about it, like, well, what if I just, like, add a little bit of spinach rather than making yourself do something? That's not fun at all. And, like, yeah. that's kind of our family motto is, like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. So whatever it is, it better be fun. And I think, like, as humans, if it's fun, we totally want to do it. Yeah. So, like, how can it be fun? It is fun in some way. This is going to be fun. And there's no commitment. I can stop if I need to. And, like, having that patience with yourself. But, like, this is going to be fun. And just being curious about And that's it. the key for, key, for, for kids. As, well, as yeah, well. but aren't we all toddlers in our minds? Yeah. Right? I mean, like, it, the more I have, the like, the longer that we have kids, I'm like, we are the same age. I'm like, <laughs> you're four and I'm four. We're both four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because I think that we're, we really are, we have that kind of, like, basic sense to us right like if it's not fun we don't want to do it yeah and so that's part of like why we make cooking fun and why health can be fun is because like look at this red cabbage it looks so awesome on my yeah. plate yeah jeez um was that part of like the original idea of the business to change people's lives because that's pretty noble right it's so, like if you're going to start a business to i don't know something that maybe wouldn't change people's lives as much like uh, I don't want to say business because then just whoever's listening, <laughs> that's, that's right? But like I don't know, like making uh, styrofoam. But I'm sure someone might be able. To <laughs> They'd be like, no, we've changed yeah, everyone's like, lives. <laughs> like someone will probably be able to be like, well, if it wasn't for styrofoam, my so and so. I know. I know. Like, okay. But whatever, right? But like this has like a a very direct consumer impact on on if I invest my money into your business, it. I, not only do I get like not only do I get what I pay for in terms of the product, right? This this meal, but I also get a back end check on that. Uh, I probably just in increased my lifespan, right? Yeah. By you know, I mean, whatever it is, uh, by starting to do this. Was that part of the original idea to impact lives, or 
Um, well, that was, yeah, like the original idea, we had even actually started out just as plant-based. And then we realized that we really, we still wanted to speak to a lot of people that were really turned off. or just so confused about being plant-based or didn't even want to try. And so we thought we know that people can really be healthier and we can make meals appetizing for them, but help increase their health. And so we started incorporating other, because we can't obligate people to live how we live, mm -hmm. um, but we know that we can really help people to live better. And um, so we live our we live our way our lives a certain way, but we know that we can help other people increase theirs because we get that question a lot, like, well, I just don't like asparagus, or like, I just don't, I hate beets, you know, or things like that. And it's like, well, you might hate them all the ways you've tried them, but you haven't tried all the ways. Now remember, nobody uh, is born hating vegetables, but we start hating them um, because of the way they are presented to us or the environment that we live in. Mm -hmm. But but no, and and I think one of the most, um, I'm gonna, uh, here use my, my translator, ¿Cómo se dice gratificante? The most satisfying or gratifying? One of the most uh, gratifying uh, moments is when um, clients reach out to you telling you, hey, I've been able to lose this much weight. Mm -hmm. just and that wasn't even their intention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just wanted to eat something healthier and just by eating your meals or something um, also that we do as a, uh, as a business is that we help people with uh, meal plans. So we had um, a couple of customers who had a very specific uh, disease and they had only these few eight ingredients, ingredients. Be honest, it was eight. That they were have, they were able to eat eight ingredients. So we had to be extremely creative, and not only create the meal plan, but create the meals for them. And it changed their lives. I mean, it's. But what's what's beautiful is that we change in the process too, because yeah. we're like, yeah. okay, literally the eight ingredients. Salt was one of them. So it was brown rice carrots, peas, celery. Uh, they could have very minimal soy, like tofu, and very minimal fruit. And that was it. Uh, wait, I think I was like seven. Anyway, whatever. But um, but we change in the process too because we're like, you can eat an entire meal and love it. And you were working with three ingredients. That was that's it. That's so cool. Yeah. So that I think that's so cool. We feel really honored when people will allow us to do something that's that personal for them too, because like we change too. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in that. I believe in that. It's kind of just this never ending cycle of giving, right? If you kind of turn yeah. outward, um, it has its way of creeping back to you and it creeps back to you tenfold. The more that you are literally trying to, to help others. And so I think it's a noble thing that you guys are doing. I really like what you said about being born and no one hits vegetable. Cause like, I have little kids. My oldest is three now. And my kids, I was a picky eater growing up, according to my mother. Um, my kids don't struggle with that. They, like, are the opposite. And That's they awesome. are tanks. They eat everything, good or bad, right? But, like, <laughs> um, my daughter, when she was younger, would eat everything. Like, I could put the most healthy thing, and she would just chow yeah. down. Now she's getting to the point where she's starting to decipher, like, wait a minute. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I like the way sugar tastes more than you yeah. what you're trying to give it to me. Yeah. Um, but I can attest to that. I was like, man, you weren't like that before. Like you were just chowing down. Um, this is kind of maybe more trivial 
But like, if you put your your chef hat and trying to help me, this is a legit thing, right? My my food that I hate, it's like a non-negotiable is onions. Like I yeah, I don't do onions. But as you were sharing that about like not liking onions, I was like, because my mom said the same thing. She was like, I would put onions in your food all the time. And it's weird because, like, I actually love the onion flavor. Yes, you hate the onion texture. Yeah, and I was like, what is it? Then I, I never till today, just a few minutes ago, that I clicked. I was like, I don't think I like that smooth and the crunch combined. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, but, like, when, like. And it's not sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when my wife, like, dices it up and puts it in a soup, I'll eat it. And I can tell when it's not. Even I have my favorite restaurant that I go, and I always take out the onions. And it does. But whenever my wife gets her same dish with the onions. I always pick out the onions, and hers tastes better. Oh, that's right? so funny. Yes. But I'm just like, it's because the onions flavored it. So yeah. I love what it does, but it's like, I hate onions. So anyways, this isn't a tangent about onions. <laughs> this is uh, maybe more to point out the fact that I think you're right, Like, and I've never noticed that. Like, I probably don't even hate onions like I think I hate onions. Yeah. Right? I think if it was just yeah done differently like i think i would eat it like yeah, I, exactly. I like what um jim quick says where uh information combined with an emotion creates a long-term memory so that's a beautiful quote <laughs> you just have that in your back pocket like. <laughs> <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> uh, so the information is the the onion right and then the emotion that you had once we can uh, change that emotion, then it will completely change the the memory that you will create for the future. Well, and here and I talk a lot about this is like the a lot of t- our emotions come from our thoughts, right? Yeah. So like whatever it is, like you eat it and you're like, I don't like that. Like I didn't like that. Eating is that is an emotional thing. Yeah. yeah, and so like when uh, when you're unpleasantly surprised by something, like it's supposed to crunch, but a crunch is supposed to be an apple, and that's supposed to be sweet. Yeah. and you're like, but that. That's it's not sweet. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know what your thought was, but like, uh, I feel like with that, when I'm unpleasantly surprised about something in a, in a meal, I'm like, Mm-mm, that, was, that was the worst. Yeah. But if I knew it was coming or, you know, if I was 100%. like, no, that's OK, you're going to hate it the first 25 times, but you're going to like it 26 times. Yeah. Then I would still eat it, you know, like. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I want to go back, circle back to uh, your guys is this interview is interesting because I feel like it's a. Uh, nutritional coaches speaking to me <laughs> along with entrepreneurs and i think it's uh you, you kind of get a, a double whammy more entrepreneurish there you go yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make up a new industry entrepreneurish <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but uh but if we if we circle back to uh the business um i'm gonna ask you just to share this cool story because business i think i i nerd out i love business stories i you know, I mean i can my wife probably uh, gets mad because I probably talk about it too much, and um, and I just love hearing people's stories. Um, but th- what's been the most unexpected lesson you've learned uh, through your guys' time as entrepreneurs? I think um, um, the biggest lie that we we've always told is that it's hard. It's hard to be a business owner. It's hard to create a business. Um, it's hard to do all the work, um, and and you should have um, s- stability. Uh, and I think I find that it was easy. You know, it's 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 not as hard as they say. And I could have I could have usually done it a years before, 
but I was I was afraid of of doing it for A, B, or C. Um, so if there's something that that I can um, uh, tell my 20 year old version of myself is would be do it, do it, and 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 if you fail, you will learn. But but do it because there's time. You you you'll have time. So time is the most valuable thing. And another one of our favorite things, like I think we'll look at something short term as like a failure, like like this client dropped or like I burned the risotto one time, you know, <laughs> something like that. But guess what? Turned out to be the best dang risotto they'd ever had. So, you know, like stuff like that, that yeah. a lot of times in the short term, I think things can be like a complete disaster. And sometimes it is. So, as far as you can see it. But I love the, the phrase, like, things are always working out for me. So even if, like, right now it's, like, that looks broken or, like, whatever, I was in this place at this time and things are working out for me. So whatever is coming from this, like... So but you I have to believe it. You have to believe yeah, it. Yeah, right. And so, like, sometimes you're like, no, this is the worst. This is literally the worst. We're all going to die, you know? Like, and uh, I don't know. I think that we have had things that we would maybe on paper would be a failure. But I think it's all part of just, like, oh, okay. Well then, we gotta we gotta fix that. So uh, speaking of risotto, there's a quick story behind the risotto. All right. We were doing a, a private dinner up in Deer Valley, um, and everything was plant based. Uh, one of the courses was um, saffron risotto with lobster mushroom. Uh, super nice dish, and my sous chef uh, Erica. Hello. Was cooking <laughs> was cooking the risotto and it wasn't the first time she cooks risotto, so uh, for for whatever happened the the risotto got overcooked, and it was that time of service that we were supposed to serve it, and there's no more time to make another batch, so we're like, well, what are yeah, we gonna really do? Really good flavor, I'll tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, we served it, and it was a hit. Like, they loved it. Like Every single person was just raving about it. There was, like, a 15, 16-year-old, and you know how teenagers can be. Like, sometimes they're just, like, vacuum cleaners, but they have no palate, right? He literally literally said, if I could eat this every day, I would be plant-based without problem. And I was like, see, maybe I ruined the risotto. (laughs) It's because the risotto is supposed to have, like, a certain texture to the grain, and I overcooked it because I just kept adding more water to it. Anyway, I learned that. Now I know how to cook dang good risotto (laughs) and also have the grain right. But, yeah, but, like, that that worked out, right? Like, and they didn't know. We didn't tell them. Now they know because they're listening. (laughs) (laughs) What about, uh, what's, what's the best advice you guys have received? Um, I think well it really depends like I go through it, like phases right sure so right now I have on my phone I said something about it before but I really like um, the discomfort is the currency to your dreams or like seek discomfort because I don't want to like naturally right and uh, that's something that I think almost I want to say like retarded our growth a little bit as a business or even just jumping off as a business before because he would 
um, be like, hey, I want to start my own thing. And I was like, but this insurance and like security. And yep. now you have a yeah. baby. And I grew up in a very like secure household. My dad works for an employer and you have a 401k and you have all of these things provided by this employer. And so like it's very safe. There's not a lot of risk. And so like everything's taking – well, that's what we think, right? Unless you get fired the next day. <laughs> so um, – I think that to me has been something that I've been living right now, at least, is like discomfort's okay. I don't have to 100% always be like, this is awesome, I'm the best, and sometimes I'm going to be the worst, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still be there. And so that's what I feel like right now is like uh, growing our family and our family business with our kids um, uh, is like discomfort's okay. Like we can be mad. And we can all hate it for a little bit, and that's okay, and then it goes away. But if we feel it and we're there, it's all part of the it's the process and the growing and the coming together and connecting and all that stuff. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, one of the phrases that I really like is the best way to predict your future is to create it. And that's something um, that I didn't grow up uh, believing because we always you know we always say uh you know just look at myself i i i i wasn't supposed to be here i wasn't supposed to be successful in a different country but i did because this is what i created it this is what i wanted and so i found a way to do it and so if you're told that you can do um, something uh, prove them wrong and do it and be successful because nobody has the right to um, kill your dreams um, but you. So you are, you should be um, responsible, you should be accountable. Every single person should be accountable for their own future. I love that. And and if you, if you don't mind, I think that's a perfect segue to, uh, you shared a cool experience with me beforehand. Um, and I'll, I'll give a little bit of context. So, uh, those who, uh, maybe aren't as, uh, like I treat business like, a like, like uh, I, the local business leaders, I feel like they're like how a little kid would have baseball cards, right? Like that's for me. That's actually, there's that's another a business great idea. idea. <laughs> yeah, let's, you should totally do let's it. start creating, uh, baseball cards for, for all the impactors here in Utah. Yeah. I love that. Um, however, so one of them is Aaron Wagner. So like yeah. Aaron Wagner, he's he had an impact even before he got into business. He was a football player at BYU um, uh, not too long ago and then uh, found some su- success in the real estate space and then uh, really took off from there and, and has become, uh, you mean, a mogul in his own right in terms of business, real estate, commercial real estate, and franchising, all of that. Um, and, and because of his success, he's created like a following on, on social media. And, uh, and Heber, you actually, uh, your guys' company uh, works with him often, mm-hmm. frequently. Uh, he's one of the regular customers in uh, getting here in providing meals for him. Um, but it's a cool story of how you guys did that. And if you don't mind, do you mind sharing that story? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... I found about him on uh, social media as well. Um, very successful in real estate and investor. Um, and I wanted to, I started doing some research about him. 
And then um, I really like his philosophy. One of the uh, phrases that he he uses is um, the way the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And in, in the in the kitchen, uh, yes, that that's true because if you can't make a salad with uh, high quality. You won't be able to go to another station and make a more complicated meal uh, with the same standards. So I was like, oh, I, I need to meet this guy. And for me, when I say um, I want to meet this guy, is I mean it. Like I want to find a way to meet this person. Well, and I, yeah, like to that point, we had talked about Heber's focus. Like mm-hmm. when he decides that he really wants to do something, he's like, "That is his. That he's gonna mm-hmm. do it." Right. And you have no connection to him other than you found him on social media. And yeah. you live in the same state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nothing whatsoever. Um, so uh, for me, I wanted to meet him and just share something. So in my world, is uh, share some of of my meals, cook cook basically for him um and when i um when i see someone and i want to cook for someone is because they have made an impact in my life and they don't know it most of the time they don't they don't know it right because they don't know me uh so i think this guy made a huge impact uh in my life and some of the things that uh, he would pose some of the comments that he would say so I basically wanted to say, hey, thank you, man. Um, and one week I was like, oh, I'm going to make some meals for him. And the week passed. And another week, and I would put his name down and I say, well, I want to make um, ma- more meals. And I didn't. So a few weeks uh, passed until I was like, okay, this week, today, I'm going to take meals to his house and I'm going to find where he lives and I had no idea where he lived so uh, I've seen some of the of the pictures that he would post on Instagram of the area uh, that he lives but we live in a big place and a big city so you know there were very many different uh, options or areas where he could be at but I said you know what I want to do it I believe in this I I believe that it already happened. That's what I keep saying in my in my mind. So I started driving. Just went on a treasure hunt, man. I went on a treasure hunt, man, and I was like, <laughs> let's see what happens. And But I just felt so good. I, I, that's something that I remember. I just felt so good. I had a really good feeling. So I knew the city. Um, and the city is big, but it's not, it's not huge. It doesn't have millions uh but i was like i'm gonna just drive around and see if i can find it so i took left turn and i was driving straight and then i was like oh this feels right so i i took a right and then i kept driving and and i was paying attention to my feelings and then i took another another left and then i just kept driving and i was um looking at all the houses in the neighborhood and i was like well um if i don't find it well this is a very nice neighborhood at least i had to see all of i got to see all of these beautiful houses <laughs> hashtag goal yeah 
and I was just I was just having such an amazing moment and then I just I kept driving and driving and driving and and then I turned right and I just felt it I just felt like this this feeling of of happiness it's like feeling of gratitude in my heart it just I don't know if you've felt this before when your heart like wants to explode and you feel like this amazing energy going through your body and I saw the back of the house which I've never ever seen before and I just felt oh my gosh that's his house and so I immediately turned right and and kept driving until I was able to see the front of the house and I said this is it this is his house and so I got out of my car and I rang the bell and nobody got out. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was still like, well, maybe it's not the house. Who knows? But but I feel like it is. I'm here. Yeah. So a lady opens the door and I just said, hey, I have some meals for Mr. Wagner. Um, and she said, is he expecting this? And I said, no, nothing. It's just uh, it's just from Chef Heber. Uh, thank you very much. Have a great day. And I left. And that was it. And and at the end of the day, uh, it was his house. <laughs> so. That this is this story is, is cool on so many levels. Like on a little kid level, that it just like worked, right? It's just like right. You went because because I um, Aaron Wagner since this time has posted pictures of his house outside now. So you you might be able to argue that someone could just oh look at the picture and just find the house, but you had no idea what his house looked like. You just went off of like, hey, this is the feeling, and um, I'm going to guess that this is his house. Which speaks to another thing, which um, it seems like, now, now when I say success, I get that it's kind of a relative term, right? Like to whoever's speaking about it. But like um, people who abide by, let's call them principles of success, there's like this unwritten creed where like, like if I feel like if you did that, like, man, you just earned big time respect like you know what I mean which is you can't really put a monetary value on on like I'm sure when he came home and his wife was like hey uh, some guy just came up and, <laughs> and then hopefully this story gets back to him and he can even hear the back end story of like dude this was like uh, someone demonstrating a principle of success you know what I mean I'm just gonna do it and and go so um, incredible story incredible Thank story you. any Thank any you. other uh, behind the scenes notes that that you know about Erica. Well, Heber had told me like weeks, like weeks before. Like, what I love about it is like it was in the works, right? And like it's totally in the works. And he just decided that it was going to happen. Like literally, that's what that's what the the thing was. And I think like oh, we had mentioned before is like we are creators of our own reality. Sometimes it doesn't happen like the day that he thought it was going to happen. It might happen later, or sometimes even sooner. Um, like I, he didn't have a day on it, but it was just like that feeling like this is going to happen. And I think, um, you know, whether or not whatever the relationship ends up being in the end, there's so much that we've learned from just that experience yeah. even of just like taking the meals, right? Like that they were dropped off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like he called me, I think right after that and he was telling me about it and we were both super stoked about it just because it was just like, Yeah. Like, we're not powerless human beings. We're yeah. pretty awesome. It's like, empowering. everyone is so awesome, right? It's yeah. like, like, because sometimes we think, who am I to do this? And, like, who are you not to? Right. Why don't you? And that's that's one thing that I've learned a lot from Heber is, like, at some point in my life, I just was like, well, don't dream too big because it's probably not going to happen. You know, like, that was the worst thought that I could ever have. And it, like, <laughs> rained my life for so many years. And, like, 
now I am learning to dream again and that it's okay. And it's okay to have like giant grandiose ideas. And it doesn't mean that you're better than anybody. It doesn't mean that you're worse than anybody. It's just like, this is just what I want for my life. Yeah. And that's uh, as, a, as I think, especially as a woman, it's, we are kind of taught to like, um, maybe dumb it down a little bit. Like we're all the same. We should just all be friends and like, and, but our differences make us stronger. hundred percent. Yeah. So anyway, I think that I just love that I was a part of it on the back end, yeah. just like in the building up of it. And then like, I was like, how did that even happen? Like, and it's just so cool like that. Yeah. This is uh, th that's so powerful in, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll start wrapping this up, but I want to touch on one more thing before my final question. Um, and I'll, I'll share this and, and I'm pretty sure I'll probably mention this in the bio. So, uh, if you've gotten this far in the interview, then you're going to just hear it again. But I think <laughs> it, it'll help with our flow. Um, but I, I want to tell everybody the story. So um, I reached out to I reached out to Heber, um, to the Chef Heber account, and I say, hey, uh, would love to have you guys on. I love I love what you're doing, and and I'm speaking to uh, to Heber. Um, I don't know who actually runs the account. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it is Hebrew, yeah. But like, so so I'm speaking to Hebrew and I'm like, hey man, I love what you guys are doing. This is so uh, impactful for, and, and so much positive will come from, uh, is coming and will continue to come from um, what you're doing and what you're building. Will you, would you come on and share your story? Um, he was uh, nice enough and, and graceful enough to, to accept the invitation. Uh, but then I think, this was really cool and, and I think it speaks to uh, your guys' bond and your partnership uh, not too long after that he sends me a follow up message and he says hey can I bring my wife on I could not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for her and, um, and you're, you're just like you mean of course I'm like of course man that's uh, that's really powerful and I'm with my wife and then I'm just like gosh I can't let my wife see this because then she's going to be like you never do anything like that <laughs> But um, but your your guys' bond is is strong, and there's there's a principle of, of teamwork and working together and supporting, um, the brand Chef Heber, the person Chef Heber, and your partnership, in uh in your business and in your family. Um, I'm wondering if you guys could speak to why why that is why 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 do you guys work so well and and uh, where it seems like you guys work in tandem. Um, working with, as you mentioned, each other's differences, not dumbing it down, but accepting the differences and, and kind of creating something stronger together. So you guys mind speaking to that? Yeah. Growing up in the, um, in the restaurant world, um, my experience with my mentors, my chefs, uh, was uh, nine out of ten chefs would end up divorced because they spend a lot of time at work, which is the restaurant, um, and not enough time at home. So I made uh, the commitment to change that and to not be part of the t statistics. So I said, um, if I want to uh, marry someone, they need she needs to um, love to cook as well. Um, and and love business as well uh, because if you think about it you share a lot of things that's what that's why is your spouse that's why you get married 
But then after the marriage, the kids come, and then it becomes this um, this very uh, different um, life where very compartmentalized. Yeah, like. where the wife takes care of the kids, and the husband uh, works and brings the money, and then the kids grow, and then they leave the house. And then the marriage is, is broken by them because all of this time that happened. Uh, and I was like, I had I had uh, friends uh, that would always uh, tell me, you don't want a wife. You're looking for a sous chef. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just have to share the same bed. <laughs> so, so that's why um, I've... And and also on top of that, I mean, I I think I did amazing as choosing my my partner, my wife, because um, she's amazing at what she does. I mean, she has a very amazing sense of humor. She's very smart um, with business, with finances, and she has a really good palate as well. So. Most of the times when we're developing recipes, I got to go ask her, hey, can you try this? Is this good? Does it need more of this? Does it need more of that? And then after she tells me, she gives me the green light. I'm like, okay, so the recipe is good. Um, but yeah, that's that's what my environment was. So a lot of chefs that were divorced and I was like, I don't want to be there. Well, and I come from, I mean, like, I had never thought I would be in culinary. I also was, like, in academia. Like, I loved school. I'm just a great student. You know, like, <laughs> just something like, you tell me your expectations, I'll just meet those. You know, like, and uh, so I had never thought about having my own business ever. And I'm still working on, like, that dreaming thing. Like, sometimes I struggle with just being, like, literally anything is possible. Like, you could just think it. And so I'm like, what should I think, though? Like, someone should tell me what I should think. So I think uh, something that makes us work really well is that those things, I I love learning those things from Heber, but I also love just having fun. And Heber's very focused and very good at things like that. Um, But then I'm like, or we could just have a lot of fun. (laughs) Like, or we could just have this adventure. And so it makes it really fun, like – what I love about him is that he will involve me in the business. Whereas I think it would be a lot easier sometimes to be like, I'm just going to make this decision. I'm going to go. But even when we were planning for our wedding, I realized that like what we were in for, because like we meet in the middle on a lot of things. And like, my joke is that we're both just kind of metrosexual in the, in like how we dress, like our style and stuff like that. Like I will wear Heber shirts. Um, and like, he loves like style and fancy and stuff like that. And I like kind of more masculine things sometimes. And so I like, I feel like we meet in a little of a lot of stuff. So when we were planning for our wedding, um, I just assumed that as the bride, I would plan everything. And then all of a sudden, like we're getting ready even before we were engaged, she's like, so what do you think about this venue? What do you think, what do you think about these flowers? And I was like, hi, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm supposed, like, there's some knots. And so I was, I realized that I was in for it. Like, we have a lot of similar interests on different levels and things like that. But it's the openness and the allowance for, like, this might take longer. And it might take longer and it might suck sometimes. Um, but the, the idea is that we're in for this adventure together. And it's so fun. And so and it and there is a place for each of us here. And so. that's why now we have we created our family account with Modern Hippie. 
and we want to involve our kids. Yeah. So they uh, can basically, so we can use them for work. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Free labor. Yeah. No, I mean, like, but that's, that. I'm like, to speak to that, it's why are we compartmentalizing our lives? I absolutely believe in alone time and, and things like that. But I think that we, we put things off so much when I think it's all connected. Like our family relationships, um, our relationships with food, our relationships with ourselves, anything like that all stems off of how we connect with one another. And like if it's so important to us, why wouldn't we allow it to be important for our kids if they want it to be? And if it's fun, then it will be. Yeah. So I think that's that's our next step is now that we've kind of got both of us on board together, working together, then we want to bring our kids into and um obviously make sure it's fun and engaging for them yeah so that's where we are now that's cool i think that's such a feat because um in in working together uh period right just if working with someone as a as a a partner that's just hard in and of itself uh and then you throw in uh, raising a family throw in running a business i appreciate you guys sharing your secret into uh you mean how you guys are are making that work um we're out of time, but I, w- I want to ask this last question and, and get a response from, from both of you guys. And we ask this question to everybody at the end. But when you consider everything, your journey, your life and where you're at, the business for the past two years, the, the marriage when you where you met, where you grew up, whether it's Riverton or, or Mexico, and then even considering the future and what that holds, uh, what are you grateful for? I think I'm, I'm grateful for... Um my life everything every single every single uh challenge that i had in my life from not having food on the table to to where i had to work to maintain my family when i was 12 years old um i'm so grateful for that because it made me the person that i am right now and it made me the person that i had to look outside of the comfort zone and not being um, um, complacent 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 with with the life that I had I've always wanted more and I had to look for it I had to uh, find ways Uh, and if there's something if there's an advice that I can um, give people would be believing yourself because nobody else will not even your mom your dad your brother your sister nobody you have to believe in yourself you have to um, put up the pants and you have to do the work and when I say work I don't mean uh, you know working 15 18 hours uh, maybe th- maybe not that type of work uh, but the work that you have to um, be creative um, and you have to um, um, uh, push yourself and 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 yeah I'm, I'm so so grateful for for life in general and for every single person that um, I've been surrounded by oh, thank you Erica we'll end with you I think I'm just grateful for the people who just are themselves. And I mean that in the good and the bad because we've had um, certain, like I've sometimes I've struggled with relationships with even some of my siblings and things like that. And I love them so much and I see our differences so 
raw, right? And it's those that become pivot points to me that take me to the next level of who I am, to the next version of Erica that I feel like is even better, even more connected, even more uh, developed. And so, like, I was just thinking about that. Like, some of those, like, the most raw experiences, I would say, are because I come from a big family and so close together growing up. Um, and then as we got older, like we did take some different paths and some of those, like some of those separations have been really painful as we choose different things, um, that we think the other person shouldn't be choosing. Like mm-hmm. they're just living their humanity and then accepting that I'm living mine and that that's okay. But some, in some of those moments, I feel like it's almost like when you have like a fire, like we just had in Provo Canyon, but in a year or two, we're going to have like the most beautiful green that we've ever seen there because it's it's like being born out of this fire and this, mm-hmm. this you know, that. and so I, I'm actually really grateful for those moments. I'm grateful for people living their own humanity and me living mine because that's how I grow. And like, that's how I am here. And I think every day is a celebration because it's like, awesome. I learned something. Sometimes it sucks. <laughs> And everything is always working out for you. And everything is always working out for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's this this conversation uh, has been nothing short of beautiful and uplifting, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Heber and Erica Rivera with uh, Chef Heber. Thank, thank you guys for coming. You, thank you so thank much. You. We love it. We'll see you guys on the gram. <laughs>